just about ready to preach. I think you might be able to draw it out of me if you're nice to me this morning. So after our prayer and fasting or during our prayer and fasting this year as a church, um, last year I got the theme to, uh, of the word grow and we have seen people grow in their faith in 2016 and we've seen the church grow in 2016. But for this year, 2017, I felt the word come to, to my spirit was free or we add on to that, make it freedom, those two sort of uh, things. But uh, this morning, I want to continue on our series. Now, if you were here last Sunday, you would have heard Michael uh, preach that great message on uh, um, uh, free from, uh, what was it, the right words here, Uh, critical spirit, freedom from a critical spirit. You can get the uh, podcast of that, and I encourage you to do so. A tremendous work from Pastor Michael, did really well. Um, and it just fits in so well with where the church is going. But um, at the very core level, um, when talking about freedom, uh, if we take it from God's perspective, because we're very much limited in our life because we look at everything from our perspective. We look at everything from the worldly perspective. But what I want us to start to consider is that word free or freedom from God's perspective and what God sees freedom in our lives to look like and what it actually means. It's about freedom um, at a spiritual level. Freedom in in a spiritual level. So the common ideal of free um, that that we might think of if we just were to throw a few words out, if we were to say, what's free mean to you? We'd think, well, no commitments, uh, no responsibilities, uh, no bills, um, you know, the open road, all these kind of things that we would conjure in our thinking about what that word freedom means. Now, that's free in, in a context, but what I want us to really try and anchor in 2017 is to discover freedom from God's perspective over our life. It's a spiritual freedom that we often don't understand or talk about. So, uh, the devil's ultimate plan, here's a, this, we don't want to mention him too much today, but the devil's ultimate plan isn't to make people bad. So the devil's plan isn't to make you bad, isn't to tempt you to do bad stuff. His ultimate plan is to stop people worshipping God. That's the devil's ultimate plan, isn't to make you bad. He doesn't doesn't need to make you bad. So we can live in a world, in a society, in a culture, in a nation where generally people are pretty good to each other on a general sense. But see... We don't have to be bad as such to be missing out on spiritual freedom. So the devil's plan isn't just to make you bad. He just wants to prevent you, stop you, get in the way of you worshipping God. That's his plan. So spiritually free is being free to worship. It's being free to honour God. It's being free to praise with no restriction. That's a whole new difference to that word free. So in every situation uh, that we face, good and bad, the ability to turn our attention to our Heavenly Father is what freedom is all about. So we're not saying that bad stuff's never going to happen. We're not saying that the world's going to be this place where nothing ever happens wrong around you. But in every situation, good or bad, when we're able to give our worship and we're able to honour and we're able to give praises to God, there's a powerful element of freedom in that. So freedom, as Jesus designed for us, is a spiritual condition. 
And Jesus wants us to live in that spiritual condition of freedom in our spirit. So despite what happens all around us, we can say, well, it is good inside of me. I've got peace despite what's happening. John 8 verse 36, Jesus says a, a, a statement and he says, so if the Son sets you free, talking about himself, he says, you will be free indeed. And that's the, the kind of freedom that we want to live in is being free totally in our spirit. Uh, I don't even think free and freedom really sums up the spiritual power that God wants to uh, load onto us or, or download into us. Um, King David describes it like this in Psalm 37 verse 5. It should be there. Psalm 27 verse 4 and 5. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. I think it goes on. No, that's it. So here's King David, one of the great uh, worshippers, I guess, of the Bible. And it says when, he's talking about when, when troubles come, where he wants to be. So when trouble comes knocking, you want to be prepared in that place of sanctuary with God. So we've got to prepare ourselves when trouble's not there so that when we're in those times, we're secure. We have a, we have a strength somewhere deep inside. It's found in relationship with Jesus. Uh, it starts with our sins being covered by his blood. Spiritually free, our faith in Jesus tempers our expectations for the better in everything. And so often our, our, uh, our life is tempered by the, the things that happen around us. So if something good happens, we think, well, that's easy to be happy today. But when something that we don't expect or something that we, that we don't really want can affect the way in which we live our life. So something I love about Jesus is he healed the incurable. He healed people with lepers. That, that at the time, it was like, it's an incurable disease. No one can heal this but Jesus. Uh, he, he opened blind people's eyes, caused people who were blind to, to be able to see. Uh, diseases of all kinds. We find that in uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 34. It says, so Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases and he cast out many demons. Now, I know talking about demons and things like that isn't that cool today. We might have other illustrations or other words that we might use um, to describe this. But, you know, when Jesus talked about casting out demons, he talked about casting out demons. And we need to realize that the world hasn't changed all that much. We might have become sophisticated. We might have become cultured or modern. But you know what? We still haven't been able to dis uh, distract ourselves or distance ourselves from the reality of spirituality. And while there is a heaven and there is a hell, there is angels and there are demons. And uh, we don't want to make a doctrine about all this stuff and go too deeply into it all today. But we need to realize that some of our conditions that we face with and, and we are controlled by can be of a, a, a spiritual nature. And that's why when Jesus dealt with people, he dealt not only with the disease, but sometimes there's other things involved and he cast out those as well. So hopefully that doesn't freak people out today. 
But people flocked to Jesus to be healed because they had no other hope. And I want to tell you today, when you think there is no other hope, turn to Jesus. So God wants us free. God wants us free. He wants us free in our health. Can you imagine, though, if people came to Jesus and before being healed, they asked questions like, uh, uh, well, how will this affect my pension? You know, sometimes we think, oh, Lord, I'd love to be healed, but... But what are the consequences like that? You know something, you won't need a pension when you're healed by God. You can leave that alone. So I'm going to introduce another scripture that's often used and preached, uh, but I want it to be a turning point in our thinking in One Heart Church. You know, we often use this scripture, and you'll know it when when I... Here it is. We often use this for spiritual warfare and talking about going into battle with the enemy and all these things. So it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We need to to remind ourselves every single day that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against people. We're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. So you know what? Over your life circumstances, there is an unseen authority. And maybe that might explain sometimes where you think, I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know why this keeps coming at me. I don't know why I can't get out of this or why I can't stop that. Because there's an unseen authority. Now the thing is, authority only has power when we allow it. So, uh, so we're fighting against authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against, this, just mark that, that, those two words, dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. I was going to preach this morning, but I won't have time about, about Mary's seven demons. But I was a little bit scared of it myself, so I'll do that for another day when the lights are on. But it's really, really amazing that, that you know, Jesus had disciples, women disciples like Mary, it said, at least two or three times it says, who he'd cast out seven demons. Amazing. So there are certain things that we can only gain freedom from when we tackle the spiritual. We've got to tackle the spiritual in our lives first before we're going to start to see the physical or the natural things changing around us. Because it's, 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 it's not just attitude either, it's about a spiritual life. So sometimes we think we can positive, uh, positive attitude change our way out of life. There is power in that. You can do that to a degree. But you know what really makes a massive difference is when we start to apply spiritual things to our natural world. And that's where the change comes. So more about what goes on around you is spiritual. So remember, the devil's ultimate plan isn't to make people bad, it's to stop people worshipping God. You know, some people say, why do you worship the way you do? What, you know, um, there's heaps and heaps in the Bible about worship, about how we praise God. It's about noise. You know, I think it's Psalm 50 talks about loud cymbals and trumpets and, 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 and raising, raising a, a joyful noise, Lord, all these things. There's, there's just tons and tons of reference in the Bible about praising God, about raising hands like, like what we do, uh, all sorts of things. The, the, the amazing and powerful thing that we cannot define or we can't see is what happens spiritually when people come together to praise and honour Jesus Christ together. 
There's something, a dynamic that happens that, that makes things change in the spiritual atmosphere. And it's not just the, the result of, of one little church here in Port Lincoln, but when, when lots of people come together, all over Port Lincoln today, churches are meeting around about this t- same time. And when we start to see praises go up to heaven to God, something changes in the atmosphere. We are so used to it in a country like Australia, where all across the country there are people in church praising God every Sunday, that changes the, the, the atmosphere, the dynamic in which we live. So you, you say, well, we, we're gonna, you know, we can't really define it. We're so used to this great life that we live. But if we go to other parts of the world where this is not something that happens, where there is no churches praising God and lifting up the name of Jesus Christ, you see the kind of mess, the kind of um, uh, destabilizing of society. You see all the, the corruption that is so easily um, you know, in us So I'll tell you something, we can't take for granted that coming together as people to praise and honour and lift the name of Jesus high because it changes the spiritual climate over our whole nation. Because the devil doesn't want you to worship. You know, he he doesn't care if you're goody two-shoes. You know, he thinks that's good. Self-righteous. Good little citizen. But you know what? He doesn't like it when you start to worship. He doesn't like you when you start to honour and praise and lift the name of Jesus. So the devil will use doubts and uncertainties to create the thoughts in your mind focused on negative aspects to everything. And I guess left to our own devices, we're pretty good at, at uh, um, focusing on negatives. I'm an expert. I'm a, I'm a master ninja at, at, at negativity. It's easy to just... To, to focus on something negative and, 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 and colour your whole world or darken your world might be better with a negative influence. But you know, we've got, to, we've got to focus our attentions back on Christ through every circumstance and situation. See, the darkness tends to get deeper until we can turn our attention to Jesus. See, in Jesus, we can find complete freedom from that kind of darkness. And sometimes I think people get single-issue focus. So some people might think the single-issue focus in my life is if you're a single person, you're thinking, the thing that's going to fix everything is I just need a relationship. If I just had a a girlfriend, then it would all be good. So we have a single-issue focus that absorbs all of our attention. Some people think, if I could just get out of the trap of, of being in a rental property, if I just had my own house, then all everything would be just good. And so we live in this state of animated, um, suspended animation is what I'm trying to say, where you kind of don't really jump into anything because you're waiting for this one element to be right before anything else moves forward. And we, can, we could ha- think of hundreds of other things. If I just had the right job, if I just had this, if, if, I, if um, I, I was just in the right position at work, or all these other things that we have, but, but the whole thing is it's not about those elements, it's about the freedom spiritually that comes from uh, an, a, an ability to worship God despite every other obstacle, every other thing that might be missing. Don't get single focused on a, on a single aspect to life because you can, you can find you, you, you fill that thing, you fill that gap in your life and then suddenly realize that wasn't it. 
That wasn't, that, that didn't fix the thing. So the darkness tends to get deeper. But let's look at Psalm 107. Starting at verse 10. It says, this is the, I think this is just a description of, of people in general. It says, some sat in darkness and deepest gloom. It's a pretty negative scripture here. Imprisoned in iron chains of misery. So it's a description of life for some people. It feels that there is no end to the darkness. Maybe no way out. Like you feel trapped in this life that you're in. Verses 13 and 14 says, Lord help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He led them from the, darkest, uh, from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. For he broke down the prison gates, it says in, in uh, verse 14. He broke down the, the prison gates. I think I might have that up there. No, I'll go back. See, at the cross, and we talk about the cross a lot in church, Jesus confronted every darkness possible. And when he rose from the dead, he put those things in the grave. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that I'm starting to sort of discover and, and, and get more insight into is it's awesome that Jesus Christ took all our sin, all our pain, all that darkness, all that gloom. He took that upon himself upon the cross. But what we really need to focus on uh, to, to gain freedom in life is that Jesus didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the tomb. He rose from the dead and he left all that stuff behind somewhere deep in, in his dealings so that we can be free. And we need to, we need to re, in, uh, reinvigorate our thinking. And when those things try to get on us, when we, try to get, when we start getting trapped in a level of darkness, a level of gloominess comes on us, we need to praise our way out of that. We're going to look at that as we, as we move on this morning. At the cross, Jesus confronted every darkness possible. And when he rose from the dead, he put those things in the grave. Here's some other things. You know, there's some life issues that, that we come up against that we think, well, you know, where does this come from? What I love about the Bible is that when we look, when we seek, there are so many things about just about, well, I think everything that we'll ever face is found in the Bible. Look at this one. Verses 16 and 18 of Psalm 107. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze, he cut apart their bars of iron. He's talking about freedom coming to our spiritual world. And, it, and there's some issues that we face today that we think are modern issues. It says they couldn't stand the thought of food and they were knocking on death's door. So you're thinking, what's the Bible got to say about you know, people with eating disorders and things like that. It's not a new thing. The condition of people has, has uh, um, been evidenced right from Adam and Eve. And it says they couldn't stand the thought of food. Basically, there's issues sometimes that, that, that uh, people find themselves in that state of gloominess where they think, I, I just can't even eat. And you know, we... we can translate that in, in a broad sense to some sort of eating disorders. Sometimes it's just that those times in life where you're so absorbed by everything around you that you, 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 you just lose your appetite. Where you think, I just don't think of food anymore because I'm just so consumed by all the other things around me. 
He sent out his word. It says, and he healed them, snatching them from the door of death, taking people out of their darkest gloom is what Jesus does. In Matthew 4, verse 23, getting back to the life and times of Jesus, it says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. If we go back to verse 20 there, it's on your screen. It says, he sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. God sent his word. If you look at John chapter 1, it explains clearly what that word is. The word, was, the word was God. The word was with God. It's Jesus Christ. God sent Jesus to bring healing in every part of our world. I've saved two verses from Psalm 107 until now. Verses 15 and 21, they both say exactly the same thing. It says, Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. So this morning, for us to begin shaking off the burdens of darkness, be willing to find something every day to give praise to God for. Think of something every day to give praise to God for. See, remember the devil's ultimate plan isn't to make people bad. It's to stop people worshipping God. He, he, he doesn't want to make you bad. He just wants to stop you seeing how good God is. And we've got to find ways every day to say, God, you have been good to me. God, I want to honor you. Jesus, I want to worship you. See, why don't we just stand to our feet this morning? And what the Holy Spirit wants to remind us every day is to find a way. I'm not saying that, hey, this is just going to happen so easily and it's just going to cause sweetness to, to fill your soul in an instant. But there are habits that we have to do. If you want to be healthy, you have to create healthy habits. If you want to be physically strong, you have to create exercise habits. If you want to learn to tie up your shoelace, you have to, you have to practice that habit. There's, there's little principles in life that applied spiritually, we need to create habits that will cause darkness to come off you to shake it off you so when you praise jesus through your dark day you disarm the devil and take back spiritual authority going back to ephesians we saw before that we something can't have authority over you unless you allow that unless you give it that authority so when you praise jesus through your dark day you disarm the devil and take back spiritual authority and you want to take back that authority in your life and say, Jesus, you be on the throne, not all these other things that consume your thinking. So I'm going to pray for you this morning. Those who are struggling, shake off those burdens. Come to church with an, an attitude to say, you know, maybe you can't see what's happening in the spiritual, but I want to tell you, you've got to start to 
let God have your praise in church. You know, there's, there's, there's no prize to be won for coming to church looking the grumpiest. There's no honour coming to church to see who can have their arms folded for the longest. We don't want, you know, it's not about you know, making you feel embarrassed or making you feel strange or whatever. But I want to encourage you in our worship time to say, why do, I, you know, why do we raise our hands? Because we want to give adulation to Jesus. Because he's, in, in doing that, we're lifting off the darkness. We're lifting off shame. We're lifting off all those things that the world wants to load us with. Why don't you close your eyes this morning? I want to pray for you today. I want to pray specifically for, for some people here today and we don't want to embarrass you or, or anything like that, but, but there's like a blockage, a roadblock in your spiritual life where you think, I always, always feel there's something missing. Always feel that I just don't hit the mark. I just hit a, hit a wall, hit a ceiling, hit, hit a boundary. 2017 is time for you to break through those boundaries. Time for you to be free in your spirit. I'm just going to pray for you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray today. Lord, we want to experience your freedom. We want to be free in our spirits here today. Lord, we want to start to see life from your perspective. Lord, we want to have a freedom in our spiritual life that brings us into a spiritual level of living and thinking and, and doing life. So God, I pray right now for your anointing just to begin to uh, come upon people. Lord, I pray that we'll begin to apply the principle of praise every day. That we'll begin to apply the principle of praising in our life, Lord. That we find something every day to, to praise and honour you. Lord, as it says in Psalm 107, deep gloom and darkness covered their minds, covered the people. But Lord, the, the, the way forward for them was to praise. So God, I pray that we be a praising church. Lord, I pray that every obstacle in the way... In, in our journey as individuals and as one heart church, Lord God, we'll see walls come down. We'll see boundaries being extended. Lord, that we'll, we'll break free into that place of spiritual freedom and release. So right now we pray against spiritual strongholds and, and demonic activity going on in our thinking, causing us to, to be bound and causing us to think b below what we can be. And Lord, we release the Holy Spirit today into every family, into every situation, into every person's individual need here today. And Lord, we thank you so much and we honour you and we want to worship you. Why don't we give the Lord a hand this morning and just praise him for the good things he has done. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.